This is the Media Boat Ooh, Podcast. It is July the 19th. Yes. Wednesday, July the 19th, and you are watching live on YouTube. If you're not watching live on YouTube, you are listening on our audio podcast. But we are the Media Boat Podcast. Or you're podcast. watching this delayed. My name. In which case, why aren't you watching us live? It's true. You should watch Every us live. Eight o'clock. Wednesdays, eight o'clock. Pacific. Get live. That's eight o'clock Pacific time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's important because who knows where you might be listening to this great show. Um, but yes, Media Boat Podcast. We talk about movies. We talk about television. We talk about video games and we talk about music. Not necessarily in that order, but in this case, yes, that order is actually correct this week. Oh, that's actually. I didn't correct. mess it up. Um, your name is Mike. My name is Matt. I'm Mike. He's Matt. I'm getting ready here for the news. And yes. speaking of news, let's jump right into it. Yes, we always open with the box office numbers from the previous weekend. This weekend was a doozy. Yes. So last weekend, hold on. I'm not really liking this lighting. You're not really liking this lighting. Let me, let me, let me do something. All right, he's gonna mess with the lighting. But yes, uh, so audiences went ape this weekend. They went crazy. Well, also, and they saw that movie that had apes in it. Yes. Um, Spider Ape. War for the Planet of the Apes. That's a mouthful. Was your number one movie this weekend? Yeah, I called it right. I I said I said War would go number one. Beating. But. The last week champ, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Because Spider-Man took a 60% tumble. 62% tumble. Yeah. Man. Quite a, quite a yeah. drop. That means a war for the Planet of the Apes yes. came in at $56 million, which is right around the 60 where I said it would. I suppose, but at the same time, it's just like, wow. That, it that, even shocked Sony how much it dropped. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Fox gets a win with Apes. Yeah. Um, Sony Spider-Man: Homecoming comes in at number two with forty-four million. Yep. But it did cross the two hundred. That's good. Mark at two hundred seven. Uh, number three was Despicable Me three with nineteen million, forty-two percent drop, just under two hundred at one eighty-eight. That thing old kid two hundred domestically, and then Peter, maybe. Peter who? Peter maybe. Peter maybe. I don't know him. Yeah. Uh, number four was Baby Driver. Yes. 8.7 million. An impressive 33% drop still. Was making it uh, 73 million total. Yeah, that thing's making uh, pretty good money for its budget. Yeah, and speaking of budget, we should probably put our box office logo We up could there. do that. That is also a thing we can do. Yeah. Uh, so. And that brings in to number five. Yes. The Big Sick. With not a drop. But gains. The reason for this is because it had been in limited release up yes. until this weekend. This weekend it went wide. Yes, which means it had an impressive plus 111% right. increase. Um, the uh, story on our site, mediaboatpodcast.com, um, I have noted that in our numbers so that way no one freaks out. Yes, like, what is this increase? Like, why? For a new release. So, yeah, good for good for them. Yep. That movie's reviewing really well. Apparently, that's quality. Uh, so, do you want to talk about the movies that you saw? Because you saw a couple of these. I saw the number one and number five movie. All right. Talk about Apes first. All right, let's talk about Apes first. Um, going into this thing, prepare for a lot of Moses allegories. Yeah. Yeah. Moses, Moses everywhere. Leading apes out of imprisonment, going into prison, talking with Pharaoh slash commander, sending a plague, 
or the simian virus. Fun. Yeah, the very heavy-handed on the Moses allegory. Very biblical. Very biblical. However, I really like this one okay. because it definitely sets up everything that would come to fruition in the original Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Which is great. It also nightly puts a nice little bow on everything that happened with both Rise and Dawn. With Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And Warp of the Planet of the Apes puts a nice little bow on everything. Okay. It, wrap, it wraps up this new uh, trilogy for Apes. And can we... Um, can we nominate this thing? Or can we just make a new Oscar category? <laughs> Best apes? Because, no, not just best apes. Best, uh, I don't want to call it a live, a, a, a animated live action. Motion capture. Mo, in mo capture, maybe. Um, so photorealistic, I think, is the more real, more appropriate term. Sure. Best so photorealistic movie. So you're basically saying that it's not quite an animated film because oh, no. there are live action players and yes. it does involve a lot of live action sets. Right. It's just that the characters in this movie, the majority at least, the ones you're caring about, apes. <laughs> are literally apes, and so that they are mo-capped, right. they are computer-generated. Right. And I think there should definitely be an award out there more than just special effects and, at this yeah, point. Yeah, visual effects. Because not only do we have this movie, but we also had... Um, the Jungle Book that came yeah. out previously. And like we have what, the Bree, uh, Beauty and the Beast. And that's likely what Lion King is going to be yes. as well. Yes, Lion King's coming out. We have Avatar also coming out. Yeah. I feel like there should be a separate category coming into future Oscars. Like. Where it's like. Live action animated hybrid. Yeah. But not that. Because but not, that's not, a dumb name. Yes. There's, like, there's no easy way. To, I think the problem is that there's no easy way to describe it. Because they're live action. Well, yeah. I said photorealistic. That's still not. Accurate because right. because they're not photos. You could have a completely animated film, like for example, The Good Dinosaur. Yes, that you could argue would be applicable there. Yes. So I don't <laughs> think even that is a good descriptor. I think until we come up with a term <laughs> to describe that efficiently, there's no way that they'll ever make it right. But I think it. until we just come up with terms, movies like Planet of the Apes will continue to get shafted. I think it's just a large a part of a larger problem, which is that all action movies really get shafted yeah. when it comes to award season. It's just not what they award. Right. So well, they, uh, they, award, they do award them for special effects. Right, and that probably this movie probably has that unlocked this year. Right. So I mean, they're getting well. Well, we'll see. And there's, there's other awards besides the Academy yeah, cause, Awards, right? Because there's also Star Wars coming out, stuff. and there's uh, Justice League coming out, and yeah. there's. Bunch of other stuff coming out that have that are special effects heavy, but that's the thing that you, you can clearly tell they're special effects heavy. Whereas this is very different because they're they're actually like animated actors interacting right. with real life actors. Look, I see what you mean, but I think that they could actually they could bypass all that, and it seems like the acting is what you're praising here, right? Yeah. So, in a way, isn't that an acting award? It's an acting award, but it's also a digital emoting. Uh, again, that has to be based on, in this case, because it's motion captured, based on the actors. So I'd say that goes into the acting category. But, but someone has to digitally 
go over their yes, acting. which goes to the Technical Arts and Science Awards that happened right. before the show. So I don't think what you're talking about needs to exist, nor will it ever. Probably. <laughs> but I feel like it should. It's yeah, I know. There are other award shows, though, that they get their due. Yes. It's just that one is just so much ingrained in the live-action art of film yes. that it will be a very, very long time, I think. Uh, yeah. Movies have to catch up. I think, in order for that to happen. Okay, so when James Cameron comes out with Avatar 2? We'll see. We'll yeah, see. whatever that happens. <laughs> okay, um, then you also saw The Big yeah. Sick. So yeah, that being said, uh, if you enjoyed the first two Planet of the Apes movies, sure. uh, definitely see this. There's a lot of winks and nods to the original uh, Planet of the Apes. Okay, that's good. Um, plenty of, enough to keep you engaged. You've got to see if you're a fan to go like, ha, that's good, that's clever. Exactly like that. Exactly like that, because I did that several <laughs> times. Like, ha. Ha. Like, ha. I see. You're sticking that in. Oh, I see. That's really a reference to that. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. Got it. Yeah. So it's really good, really well done. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, especially, especially, you can just check out all three movies. Just, just, just do it. Marathon them. It's worth it. All three, definitely do it. If you just do it, just watch the special effects. It's well done. They're well-crafted movies. Cool. Okay, moving on. Uh, you also saw The Big Sick. Yeah, that brings us to The Big Sick. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm not... <laughs> You're, you sound flustered by this movie. I'm flustered because I don't like it. I wasn't in love with it. Uh-huh. But I like it enough to where I think you should see it. It's yeah, really good. I know. I should say this. But it's definitely not for the general audience. This, well, is, this is definitely an, ind- an indie movie. Are, well, because it's made by Amazon Studios, so are, Manchester by the sea. So are people. you saying that there's a reason why this was in Limited at first? There's a reason this was in Limited. Okay. Uh, the best way I could describe it is if you liked 50-50 or Funny People, it's definitely something like that, where it has comedic tones, but the majority of the film is definitely a dramatic, heavy-handed sure. subject. Sure, yeah. I, I'm not going into this thinking it's a comedy at all. No, I you should I knew that it was a drama. You should yeah. Yeah. This is drama first, comedy second. Even though it does star uh, Kumail Nanjiani yeah. Ray, and Ray Romano. Right, but... And Holly comedy. Hunter. This is definitely not a comedy. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. It has a comedic cast. There are comedy elements. Oh, Eddie Bryant's in it, too. Oh, cool. And so is uh, Bo Burnham. Great. Yeah. Uh... But don't let those two um, also confuse you. Confuse you. This is still a much, very much a drama. It it deals with not only uh, relationships between uh, white people and Pakistani people, but also just relationships in general, and what happens when tragedy strikes and you're forced to meet the parents. Got it. Okay. Sounds interesting. It's very interesting. It's very of today. Uh-huh. And apparently it's also based off Kumail's real life. Yes, I've heard this. Yes. Which is fascinating. It's, it's also fast. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And it makes everything, like, feel nice at the end, then. You feel like a nice little feeling at the end. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. It's, it's definitely a good movie. Uh, check it out. Uh, it, if it's on Amazon, definitely check it out. I don't know if this is definitely a theater experience, but it's definitely something you should check out. 
probably going to get a little bit of an award buzz, but not a whole lot because it's Amazon Studios. That's pretty early. Man. That's pretty early. I like how halfway through the year is still too early for Academy yes. Award season. But we will have our first Academy Award nominee coming up this weekend as we get to this weekend's box office. Right, yes, but uh, real quick before that, I think uh, if, if we see it at all, maybe a screenwriting nod. Yeah. The, yeah, usually, 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 yeah, like a late summer, kind of like or mid summer, I guess. In this well, case, let's say that thing like this is usually a screenwriting kind of. I don't know because the baby driver is a better script to play. Than I think that you'll <laughs> yes. see both potentially. No, no, it'll get snubbed. I think the that... thing will be swept under the rug. Really? Yeah. Okay, I think so. I think so. However, what <laughs> won't be is what our big release this weekend is. Ooh, big release. Big release. Ah, oh, big release. Yes, it was. It's. You know, I've been waiting for it. Yep. Now I finally get to re- make my big release. Yes. No. Um, it is none other. Cinema's big release this weekend. Yeah. The the uh, very CGI heavy. And we mean big. Yes, we mean big. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah, that thing. That thing is huge. That thing is massive. That thing looks pretty. We've been. It's been being buffed up on sci-fi because we've been watching. Uh, <laughs> Face off, which is great, and this looks spectacular. Yeah. However, it also uh, has a fifty-six percent on Metacritic right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Here's my thing about Luke Besson. I think he's really overrated. You didn't like Lucy? No, you I didn't did like not like Lucy. The Fifth Element. I don't care for the Fifth Element. Nikita Fembatal. I don't really know whether it would be something I'd even <laughs> watch. So no. Yeah, basically, it doesn't do it for me. So, 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 so director Luke, Be- Luke Besson. Luke Besson? Besson? Luke Besson? He's French. Yeah. It's probably Besson. Probably. But yeah, regard- uh, yes, he did those movies that you just said. He's, you know, crazy sci-fi guy. Yep. So if you like that and you think the trailers sound interesting, you probably won't agree with the 56%. Or, However, or if you even know what Valerian and City Without the Plants even is, yeah. this might be for you. So yeah, it seems like this is just one of those you'll know it if you know if you want, will like this thing. Yeah. Already. Uh, but yeah, so that's probably um, somebody's thing yep. this weekend. But, or if you're gonna be like the majority of people, yes. you're gonna see that new Christopher Nolan movie everyone's right. been this looking is at. This big release this week. Ha. The, the bigger release. The literally bigger release this week. Yeah, because this thing is going on IMAX. Everywhere. I'm talking 70 millimeter film, yo. Yes, the, the movie is Dunkirk. Did that. Yes, Dunkirk did that. Yes. Uh, so explain what Dunkirk is. Uh, okay, so Dunkirk is actually a little city in an island in... No, the, the movie uh, Dunkirk. Explain oh, okay. The movie Dunkirk is. Good. I'm glad you, you stopped me there because I had nowhere you, to go after that. <laughs> That's where your knowledge is. That's where knowledge ends yeah. and the movie begins. Yep, Actually, this is a World War II movie yeah. directed by Christopher Nolan, shot in IMAX. I think that's all you need to say about this thing. Yeah, already early buzz is saying that it has some of the most incredible war scenes like in history. 96% on Metacritic 96% already. 96% on Metacritic already. Um, it's going to be, uh, of course, if you don't want to see it in IMAX, it will be in regular release as well. And you shall be ashamed of yourself if you do see it that it's way. It's made for the larger screen. Yes. So definitely, if you can see IMAX, Just see Christopher IMAX. Nolan is a film purist. He loves yeah. film. He hates digital. This thing is made. This thing is shot for. This thing film, is film, filmed, more film. praised, and like meant for a big IMAX release. 
So go to IMAX.com, search Dunkirk to see where a 70 millimeter projection is playing near you to get the full uh, effect. Yep. Luckily for us, it's right down the street. Oh yeah, we have like five. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. The, the IMAX, the right. Spectrum one, is literally doing. the only one in our area. Oh, really? They're the only one? The Alicia one isn't one. Wow. Yeah. Shocked. Yes. I'm shocked. So, yeah, expect yeah, that to be... to go to L.A. Expect Dunkirk to be your number one movie this weekend. Yes. Because um, I think that, that it has more of a name recognition. Even though they're marketing the crap out of Valerian, I don't think that is a... Uh, nearly as much of a hyped when you can show product. which is funny because both of these movies are being hyped by their directors it's true yes weirdly yes. enough <laughs> not their stars their yes. directors in fact I can't even name who stars in Dunker can uh, you? Cecilian Murphy okay and um uh <laughs> so what's his name? exactly uh, uh Exactly. What's his name? Although I know Rihanna is in Valerian. Yes. That's all I know about and Valerian. And Shane DeHaan. Casting. Shane DeHaan's in Valerian, too. Well, there but, you go. Yeah, but no, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bane. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is it. Tom Hardy. Okay. I only know that because he's because he's a pilot, so they cover up his face, and you just see the eyes. It's just the Bane eyes looking at you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, but yes. He's like, so... how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's your fight this weekend. It's going to be Dunkirk. That's not, that's not much of a fight. What's our number? Uh, okay. We were way wrong last week, so we need to fix our fix our number. I want to put game. it at eighty for some reason. Really, that high? Because uh, that feels high to me. I want to say sixty, but that feels low. Seventy? How about seventy? Uh, sixty-five. <laughs> sixty-five. And then over under. All right, we'll go sixty-five. I'll then. go the under. Really? Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sixty-five yeah. over. The summer's weird, remember? It is weird. The summer's been weird. Also, this is the first World War II movie of the summer? Yeah. Of the year? Here's the first World War II movie of the summer in a while. It's true. When was the last time World War II movie came out in the summer? Oh, yes, I do. It was two years ago. I believe it was the summer, at least. It was Unbroken. Right. By Angelina Jolie. Yes. Yes. I believe that was a late summer release. That sounds right, because no one saw it. Yeah. Okay, so, um... So that's. Is there anything else uh, upcoming on the dock this week, or is those the two? It's just those two. Okay, then in that case, we, we have two movies fall the following week, and then that's the end of July. Cool. We should yeah, get to. I'm with you in July already. We should Woo. get to movie news then because we spent 15 minutes on box office. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, this is all going to be about D23. Mm-hmm. D23. For those who don't know, is the annual Disney Expo that Disney runs themselves, yep. held here local at the Anaheim Convention Center. So what were among the movie-related announcements at D23? Well, first off, you can check out all of our announcements over at our website, MeetBoatPodcast.com. True, we have a movie recap waiting for you where Mike breaks down every news bit about Films features from the D23 Expo. Or if you don't want to read, you can just listen to my voice right now as we go <laughs> right into as we get right into Pixar. Alright. Alright, so first off, Pixar had a brief uh, teaser trailer uh, where it's basically two planes going up against each other in a fighter jet scene. Um, look for a, a new movie by Disney by Disney Studios. Not really Pixar, but I only bring it up as John Lasseter real quick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, about uh, the history of aviation and planes. May or may not be related to planes. 
Sure, but who cares? But who cares because we were talking about <laughs> Pixar here. Yep. So, uh, first, the first is the big story of Toy Story 4. One, yes, that is still happening. Mm-hmm. Two, that will no longer be directed by John Lasseter. Nope. As he is currently in the middle of juggling three different studios. Yeah, he's Or four. Busy. No, three. Yeah, you got Disney, Disney Pixar, yeah, and Disney Toon. Yeah, so three. He's juggling three studios right now. So he doesn't really have time to sit down and really direct anything. So pinch hitting for yes. Pixar is... Is none other than the acclaimed director Josh Cooley. Okay. Don't know who that is? Don't worry. Has he has not directed a full feature yet. What does he... But has he done a short? However, he was the writer on Inside Out, and he was the director on the short Riley's First Date. So yeah, so uh, I mean that's traditionally how Pixar does it. They always have... Their up-and-coming directors do a short and then give them a feature after. And, yes. So, yeah, I yes. think he did a decent job on that short. That was one of the bonus features on the um, home release of uh, Inside Out. Yes. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the tone of the fun, film that's it's based on It's a fun little thing. Well. And, I mean, yeah, we trust his uh, his taste because Inside Out is also a very good, a well-written movie. Yep. So, yes, uh, that seems like a good call. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that there's definitely going to be an emotional center to. I think Toy Story I think 4. we'll go back to a family centered with Toy Story Four. It seems like that was the case because they said it was going to be about uh, Woody and Bo. Yes. So that makes hundred percent sense, and that's a good fit, I think, for yeah, a love story slash family tale yep. kind of thing. So yeah, good, yep. good pick. Yeah. So while there's no word on the story yet, it still has a release date of June twenty first, twenty. 19. Yeah, 2019. Two years. It's pretty far off, but yeah. that's because a couple other things have to happen before that. Yeah. First up is, of course, the one coming up in November of this year. Right. Coco! Coco, which I'm excited for. Yes. That's good. So, uh, they showed off a bunch of uh, little scenes for everyone at D23, and reaction seemed to be pretty positive, actually, for it. Yeah. I, I, not to sound surprising, because it's Pixar... But I was a little worried that people wouldn't take to the Mexican flair that they were thrown at them. I think uh, the audiences are wider than you think they are. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Coco was shown to with its uh, dazzling special effects, and some story elements were uh, shown as well as the Land of the Dead. And people seem to really enjoy uh, the setting of the Land of the Dead. Cool. And then there are also people saying, hey, isn't this just the Book of Life? And then everyone was saying, no, it's Pixar. Get out of here. <laughs> No, it's, it's, no, no, like it's no. very it, different. It, they're two different stories. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that being said, I haven't seen Book of Life, so... I'm sure uh, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I think it's on Netflix? Probably. Maybe. Oh, by the way, it's working now. What was not working? Netflix. I, I Was Netflix broken? No, 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 no. I didn't pay. <laughs> Oops. Well, good thing yes. I didn't try it. Yeah. yeah I found that out. Oh, it's running. I got to tell my mom that it's back on. <laughs> uh, and um, lastly in Pixar, The Incredibles 2. Okay. They wheeled out Brad Bird from underneath a writing desk. Yeah. And said, here, present this thing that you're creating. Okay. And he basically said, I had nothing to present. But it exists. But it, it still exists. Works, and they're still working on it. still working on it. However, he did also, uh, it, he did do the one thing that was basically a tech demo. Okay. Where he said, here's what we did before, here's how they look now. Here's what we can do, essentially. Yeah, it's a cool. tech demo of, hey, here's how far Pixar has come since 
2006 Incredibles? Yeah. 2004, 2006? 2000, no, way earlier than that. 2000. That's not 2002, right? Four. 2004. 2004, yeah, I think yeah. you're right the second time. Yeah. 2004. Yeah, so we're talking 13 years of technology here. Yeah, things happen. Yeah, so basically a tech of what they were, what they are. And, you know, some people liked it. Other people were like, where's the story? Are they going to age up the characters? No, this will take place directly oh, after a true sequel. Really? Okay. Yes, you're not going to age up the characters. Dang There's no fast forward, so which means we won't see them going off to college and then. So the that means the, the guitarist for Charlie Bliss can't reprise his role as Dash. They're going to uh, have to find another kid because he doesn't have that voice anymore. Let's say. Yeah, let's <laughs> say that. <laughs> One of my favorite little. Yeah, we just recently found that out, that the, the guy who voiced Dash back in the day is now a guitarist in a band that I like. Yep. Turns out. Yeah, apparently, um, I read somewhere, and then I lost the source of it, <laughs> but this was that uh, Incredibles 2 is going to focus more on Helen Parr, okay. the, the mom, instead sure. of the dad this time. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. That's probably a good idea. And then Jack Jack, uh, the, they did show a little teaser where it was just Jack Jack going all powered ape yeah. shit on a on a squirrel, I think. Okay, sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that so, still yep. exists. It's still going yep. concern. We'll we, have we, more news when it breaks, I suppose. Yeah, and we gotta get going. Because more things happened at D23. Alright, what else do we got? So, uh, I don't really have a, a image for live action. So That's it's fine. Just, yeah. So this is the live action stuff. Uh, first up, A Wrinkle in Time. The new trailer is here. Right, based on the book. Based on the book, based on the things that actually happened. Starring Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, and Chris Pine. Okay. Being directed by Ava DuVernay. Yes. Of Selma fame. Yes. Uh, it arrives March 9th in 2018. Cool. Uh, we also, uh, so the trailer for that, Oprah got inducted into the Legacy Yes. Awards. The Disney, Disney Legacy. Legacy. Yep. Cool. And people saw Oprah for the first time in like five years. Yeah, Oprah kind of dropped up face of the earth. Yeah. Well, after, she, you know, she is kind of running her own TV. Yeah, her channel. Live. Yeah. I mean, you can always see Oprah on the cover of O Magazine. Yeah. That's true. If you're subscribed to that. But. That's true. Always. Yeah, always. No one will ever not. Oprah will never not grace that, that I thought cover. I saw an article that was like late last year or something that there was finally going to be somebody else on the on O Magazine. I, I forget. I don't, I don't know. I think they made a big deal. It's like, oh, this is the yeah. first issue of O Magazine without Oprah on the cover or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's dumb. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, other live action news uh, comes in the form of Aladdin. Okay, what about Aladdin? Uh, so, we have a cast, we have a director, and we have a backflip. Yep. No. No, no. Back, no. <laughs> Backflip. A backflip? Yes, backflip, because we now know who the new genie will be. Yes, we do. Yes. So, uh, first off, let's get this out of the way. Mena Masoud uh, will be playing Aladdin. Yes. Don't know who that is? That's okay. He's a newcomer, and he can only be seen on the Amazon show Jack Ryan, okay. which hasn't even premiered yet. Got it. Well, there you go. Uh, however, you have seen Jasmine. If... You recently saw the new Power Rangers movie. 
as she was the Pink Ranger. Right. That's cool. Yep. Uh, that is Naomi Scott. Uh, she will be the role of Jasmine. And picking on the role of Robin Williams is the genie himself. Mr. Summer Box Office Sensation <laughs> and Deadshot, Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. I mean, I could see him being able to do it. Like, a, it, it almost harkens back to a different side of Will Smith that I feel like we haven't seen in, like, 20 years. Yeah. Like, when he was still doing comedic roles. Like Hitch? Like half comedic roles. No, Hitch was after that. I'm talking about, like, Wild Wild West Will yes. Smith. Yes. I'm talking about Men in Black 1 Will Smith. Yeah. You know, like, he just doesn't do roles like that anymore. Right. So this is actually really cool because it's kind of back to that he gets to be big, he gets to be wacky. Which we're right. missing, we've been missing from Will Smith for the last 20 years because he did that whole... I'm only gonna do after big Ali. Parts. After Ali, he became yeah. the serious big man actor. Yeah, and, and yeah, finally he got over it. Like a couple of years ago, he made that like interview where he was like, "Okay, I'm done with that. I'm just gonna have fun now." I think that was somewhere between either before or after After Earth. It was definitely after After Earth. Right after after because <laughs> I think it was because it was in the uh, the kind of after After Earth that failed so badly. He was doing the. To press for that and was basically just like, yeah, this uh, this was another one of those. I'm probably not going to do stuff like right, that. Right, because anymore. that was because after it was coming off of his hopeful Oscar nominee, yeah, Seven Pounds, and uh, oh, uh, so this was right, right when he was doing uh, rounds for a concussion, concussion, match. yeah, yeah, which is still pretty serious, but also yeah. seemed like he was loosened up a little bit. Right, but that was a serious movie. But how he yeah. didn't get any Oscar? No, completely, completely stepped out of it. Which I think is a shame because he's great in that movie. But now it's not even a. Yeah, a I think he's finally out of it. Yeah, yeah, he's finally. Yeah, I think he's finally over it. And we. It's interesting how they didn't go a comedian route, or like a. Uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting yeah. choice. I would have never seen that coming, but now that they say it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure. Well, we'll, we'll get behind it. So cool. Uh, so Will Smith is your genie. Yep. Sorry, uh, Shaq. <laughs> uh, and of course, this is being directed by Guy Ritchie coming out. Yeah. In, in 20. Uh, yeah. 20 something. Yeah, we don't really have a date. The plan. future. 20 future. But what we do have is this guy. Who's that guy? That's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. So I'm just putting him up here because these are our tent poles. Okay. AKA our Star Wars and Aven- Marvel news. Yes. Avengers. Sure, he represents neither of those franchises, <laughs> but it's alright. He's a Marvel. Yeah, not in the Avengers. You will be. He's not an Avenger. Uh, not according to the teaser they show. All right. What? What? What's, what's right. the news? All right. So, uh, Temple. Let's get Star Wars Eight out of the way because the Last Jedi. Well, yes, the Last Jedi himself last came out. Yeah. Ryan Johnson. He's he's not the Last Jedi. Well, he's the director of he's the directing last the Last Jedi. Yes, Ryan Johnson came out. Yep. And really provided did. not a trailer. But rather a behind-the-scenes trailer-ish thing that showed everyone, hey, we were hard at work on this film. It's wrapped. We're in post-production. But I can't tell you anything otherwise. So give me all the questions you want. You're going to get nothing out of it. Okay, Ryan Johnson. I have a question for Ryan Johnson. Are we related? No. Are you my dad? No. Are you my son? No. Am I a time traveler? No. Oh. Where's Looper 2? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's my question for Ryan Johnson. (laughs) You I want, want Looper 2? I want Looper 2 
Starring, still starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. I want to make it happen. <laughs> Anyways, Looper's a good movie. Yes. But yeah, I'm looking forward to The Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson's a good director, yep. I think. It has good buzz. I'm interested in where they take it after Episode 7. Uh, I like the characters in that Yep. In that now trilogy, so yeah. Yeah. Apparently, during uh, during this uh, behind the scenes, uh, which is available on YouTube, you can go and watch this. Yep. Uh, basically, they drew the cast, and just the cast saying, "Just what I thought could get better, it gets better." Cool. And this story is amazing. I never saw it coming. Also, you'll be blown away. And basic hype. Hype. Basic hype. It's really just basic hype at this point. Cool hype. Here's another trailer already. Come Get on. Get hyped. Get hyped. Cool. All right. And that brings us to why Chris Pratt is our image over here. All right. So As Avengers. Avengers. Yep. So Avengers Infinity War actually had a trailer All right. for everyone at D23 that got into the room. Sure. Everyone was surprised by this. Even the internet. As their thing cannot be seen anywhere. Right. There is no trailer of this on YouTube, just descriptions of it. And the descriptions makes this thing sound amazing. Prepare to see this thing at this upcoming San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. And it should probably be released this weekend as well. Because of San Diego Comic Con. Because yeah, it's probably gonna break anyway, so they might as well just Well, it's already it's already out. People know this thing exists. Yeah. People know the trailer exists. Oh. There's enough of a breakdown across multiple websites so where you can piece together what's happening. Yeah. Because it starts off with Thor meeting the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, literally running into them in space. Wow, I just realized how lucky we are. We got the tickets for Sunday night and the L.A. show and not the San Diego show. Because I didn't realize it was Comic-Con this weekend. Yeah. That would have been a poor choice. <laughs> Parking-wise, I made yeah. the right call. Yes. yes. San Diego Comic Con will probably be where you'll yep. see this. Yep. Well, that, that brings us to our last bit of news. Okay. Yep. What is it? Oh, our last bit of news is, of course, <laughs> best of my glove. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's Infinity War. There's an actual trailer out there now, not just this behind-the-scenes stuff that we've been seeing. So look for either that or something like that, or. That trailer may never come to actual existence. Maybe not. I mean, I'm sure it will because it's made and somebody has a copy somewhere. Yeah. That will eventually upload it, like, weeks down the road, maybe. It could happen. It could happen. But we could also see a bunch of bootlegged versions. And clickbaits. Beware the clickbaits. Clickbait. As we get right into our final topic here. Okay. A movie, because we are kind of running over. A little bit. We're at 38 minutes here. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Okay. No, no, no. The movie was a big one because we had two reviews. Yeah, that's true. And everything at D23. So, The Bits. The Bits. All right. What, first up, Ryan... Ryan? Brian Singer. Oh, okay. Has found his queen. Okay. Oh. His queen biopic uh, okay. is still going forward. And he found Freddie Mercury. Okay. A.K.A. Rami Malek. And oh. I can see this. Sure. Yeah. I can see that. That makes sense. I can see that as well. I can see that. That's good casting. Yeah. Uh, so Rami Malek is, of course, from Mr. Robot. Yes. Or if you played Until Dawn, he's that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. He's the villain-ish. I, think. I guess you can call yeah. him that. Of Until Dawn. 
But yeah, cool. But yeah, Rami Malek will be Freddie Mercury in the upcoming Queen biopic, which was originally going to Sasha Baron Cohen. Right, but, but I'm kind of glad that it's not. Yeah. It's a better pick. Yep. Um, also, this week, uh, we got a first image from Ready Player One, the upcoming Steven Spielberg movie. Yep. Uh, it was in the Empire Magazine, and it's just our main character in what looks like an 80s Shed Shack. Okay. That sounds like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this thing is basically 80s love. Again, sounds like a Spielberg movie. Yes. Which apparently, uh, speaking of Spielberg, it finally cracked the beans that he is the one who actually directed Poltergeist. Really? Yeah. Well, he was the executive producer on it. Yeah. But apparently he was on set so much and basically giving the director enough direction that he ghostly directed yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah, he was a, <laughs> see what you did there? Yeah, that makes yeah. some sense. Yeah. I mean, then again, I say no... But it does make sense that he would be, like, on set saying, oh, you should do this, and you should do this. This yeah. shot would be cool here. And just, like, n- not being able to be hands-off. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, sounds like Spielberg. Yeah. All right. Also, um, we have a first trailer for The Disaster Artist. Cool. It's a movie, that's the movie about The Room, uh, starring James Franco and Seth Rogen and right. other, Dave, and Dave Franco. Yep, all the Francos. Yep, about the worst movie ever that people love for some reason. Yep. It, the trailer's pretty great. It's each five, It's a just a single sequence of of James Franco take, doing sixty five takes to get one scene right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It, 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 this looks like a great comedy. I'm excited for it. And then lastly, of course, as we mentioned, this weekend is San Diego Comic Con, so. Get ready for a lot of trailers to drop this weekend. We will have all of that for covering you next week. Uh, yes. Or you can come visit our website, mediabookpodcast.com. I will try and get everything uploaded yep. there per trailer as it releases. So you can have just one yep. one site to come and watch instead of clicking all over YouTube for yep. it. Yep. Uh, look forward to the next few weeks because there will probably be more action on the site as I will have a lot of free time. Moving on to television. Oh, we're not going to delve into that? <laughs> no, we're not. Moving on to television. <laughs> okay, let's move on to television then. As we uh, get right into the big news that we forgot to mention last week. Eh. But that's because it was just... Nominations came out. Nominations. Uh, that I believe that is the Emmy. For the Emmys. That's the television awards if you've been living up under a rock for the last 50-something years. Uh, yes, um... These this year's nominees for the 2017 Emmy broadcast have been released, and you know what? Most of them make sense, but there are definitely some surprises, and there are definitely some scenarios in some of the major categories where it's a one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> from what I've gathered on the internet, is can we please get rid of House of Cards as a nomination? Yeah. Because, that's kind of what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm talking about. It seems like. General consensus over the last couple of seasons of House of Cards has not been positive. So to see them straight up in the typically uh, the HBO slot that would be Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones if it wasn't a Game of Thrones lacking yep. um, nomination um, uh, segment uh, of the year, uh, it was not. Yes, in case you're wondering, as with half the internet, 
why Game of Thrones was not nominated is because it is not eligible. It was not aired during the time allotted for the nominees to be eligible. So Right, which is why not last year yes, it, it won all the swept. awards. It swept. Won all the awards. This year, no Game of Thrones. HB, uh, HB, uh, yeah, HBO, HBO is still nominated, not for... Um, right. Because not for it, but it's still on there for something. Right. Because if HBO had aired Game of Thrones in March, like they normally do, yes, you would have seen it there this year. However, because they had to wait until yeah. literally this week... To do it. <laughs> to do it. Then it's not actually yeah. eligible until next year's show. So... In the meantime, what do we have for our nominees, starting with our drama category? Wow, the Emmy site is terrible. Don't go on their site, go on Variety, that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I can name a couple off the top of my head here. I know that, of course, Hearts of Cards, as we mentioned, is nominated yep. uh, for Netflix. Uh, this Is Us, nominated for drama series. Mm-hmm. The sole network show on the entire list. Really? Is the only thing on that list, the drama nominees, that is not Netflix, HBO... Drama, we have Better Call Saul... AMC. The Crown. Netflix. The Handmaid's Tale. Hulu. House of Cards. Netflix. Stranger Things. Netflix. This Is Us. Yes. NBC. And Westworld. HBO. Now, between all of those, one of these things is not like the other... It's definitely House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, but, that being said, interesting to see Hulu on here. I believe this will be Hulu's first nomination in the drama category. Yes, this is also Hulu's leading show, as it has 13 nominations. Yes, so, um, what do you think is the big winner here? Uh, do you think it's... I think it's The Crown. The Crown, really? I think so. I don't know. It seems like the buzz is behind Westworld. Buzz is and was behind Westworld. I don't know if it continues. That's my pick, I, I think. I think the surprise in here for me is definitely Stranger Things. I don't think Stranger Things is a strong enough show. I think the fans love it. Yes. I think the fans That's love the fan it. Pick. I think probably if you're going to run the numbers, I think this race is actually, might actually be between Westworld and Handmaid's Tale. Maybe. I think that if you're talking about prestige, those are the two. Yeah. If you're talking about people, like I think it's Stranger Things by a landslide. Right. The ones that don't belong is House of Cards, and I and think this is, this is Us is the Academy throwing one to the networks. Yeah. Even though it probably is the one that deserves it. What, This Is Us? Yeah. Compared to a lot of the people other... People thrive during people that People love trip. that thing. Yeah. And it's probably the most talked about network drama from last season. Yep. Like, can you name another network drama? Oh, I can. That was talked about no. <laughs> as much as This Is Us. That's not... Yeah, I can't. No. Like, there's others that probably you could argue that were better. Yeah. But, I don't know. Alright. Uh, that brings us to, to comedy. Yeah, comedy also interesting this year. Yes, we have Atlanta. Yep. Blackish. Yep. Master of None. Yeah. Modern Family. Silicon Valley. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And, of course, Veep. Okay. Do we see another win for Veep here? I am crossing my fingers for Master of None. Because watching those that season was just screaming Emmys the whole time. 
It's just it so well directed. Up with a great episode. So well directed. At Thanksgiving yes. was great. Which, by the way, Thanksgiving did get the writing nod. Right, as we guessed as it we would. Guessed it was right after we saw we're good it, at this. Right after we saw it, I was like, all right, there, there's your end consideration. We're good at this. But, anyways, yes. Um, um, I think that uh, Master Nun, I think, it deserves it. This one that the one that doesn't belong here, in my opinion, is Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, I love it, but it's just the quality level. I don't think is up to the standard of those other shows. I think there's a chance that Veep repeats, but I think it would be sad. Um, I want Master Nun or Atlanta here. Well, yes, but however, we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In Silicon Valley, I don't know. I think that would have made sense two years ago, but not anymore. Yeah, Silicon, as I mentioned, yeah. Silicon Valley has definitely gone down in quality and jokes. So, yeah. But we'll see. Not, not, um, not the pick. Other major categories. Uh, Acting. Uh, drama actress, we have Viola Davis. Uh, for How to Go Get Away with Murder. Yep. Claire Foy for The Crown. Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale. Carrie Russell, The Americans, Evan Rachel Wood, Westworld, and Robin Wright for House of Cards. I love how Prestige is, TV is getting to the point where this almost sounds like we're reading an Academy Awards nomination list as opposed to television. Yep. Oh, we almost hit the one million. Yeah, almost did. Ooh. Almost did. But yeah, it's getting to the point where these might as well be interchangeable. Yeah. Viola Davis is going to show up on both. Yep. For example, Robin Wright should show up on both. Evan Rachel Wood, probably. Carrie Russell at this yep. point. Who knows? But yeah, it's, it's an interesting list. I don't know. I, I have no yeah. idea. Well, these are all repeat people as well. As Elizabeth Moss, yeah. even though this is for The Handmaid's Tale, she was also there for her roles on Mad Men. Right, exactly. So we'll see. Yeah. That's a weird uh, one. As for drama actor, we have Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Yep. Anthony Hopkins for Westworld. Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul. Matthew Reese, The Americans. Liam Shriver, Rave Donovan. Kevin Spacey gets one for House of Cards. And Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us. That's two for This Is Us in yes. that category. Um, yeah, another kind of toss-up. I don't know. Certainly K. Brown is kind of the safe bet. He's the safe bet. I think he's the favorite. Yeah, but Bob Odenkirk, I don't know. Yeah. People say that frickin' Better Call Saul is getting better and better every season, so... Yeah. And Leo Schreiber has been nominated every season for Ray Donovan. He just hasn't won. Uh, in an alternate universe, could you see... Uh, uh... Go ahead. Was Better Call Saul in the drama noms? Yes. It was? Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it wasn't. Anyways. So that's okay. what you were to say? No. Nothing? Nothing. Okay. Cool. And then uh, comedy act. Comedy actor Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Okay. Aziz Ansari, Master of None. Yeah. Zach Galifianakis for Baskets. Don Glover for Atlanta. <laughs> William H. Macy for Shameless. And Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, for Transparent. Oh, I was going to say Star, but yeah, Transparent. Yeah, um. I, I, my heart says Aziz, but my brain doesn't. Because I don't think he's the reason why that show works. In fact, I would argue he's very much the reason why that last episode kind of drove me crazy. <laughs> so, I don't think that he wins here. You think uh, Don Glover? Yeah, Don Glover has a strong argument there. Yep. So, yeah, it could, could happen. 
Alright, and then uh, comedy actress, let's right. get this one out of the way. Yeah. Pamela Adlon for Better Things, Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, Jay Fonda for Grace and Frankie, and, and Lily Tomlin, Lily Tomlin for, for Grace and Frankie. So both Grace and Frankie are nominated. Yep. Allison Janney for Mom, Ellie Kemper for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep. Yeah, it probably is another Julia Louis-Dreyfus year, because looking at that list, nothing shouts at me. Yep. Good try. Yep, good try. And then I'm just going to skip a bunch of these and just go straight to the one that I think is interesting. Okay. Television movie. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So... Uh, we have HBO's The Wizard of Lies. Yeah. We have, from PBS, Sherlock, The Lying Detective from Masterpiece Theater. Right, the newest Sherlock movie. Right. We have The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks from HBO. We also have, quite <laughs> randomly I should put, Dolly Parton's <laughs> Christmas of Many Colors, colon, Circle, Circle of, of Love. love. Which is the second Dolly Parton Christmas special that they did have done. Yes, that, that's NBC. Yeah, on NBC. And that brings us to our final one, and probably the winner. Yeah. Black Mirror, colon, or episode two, San Junipero. So, what is your feeling about them nominating this as a television movie, as opposed to Black Mirror as a whole, as a limited series? That's... That's confusing. Well, that's actually why I brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> because they're nominating what? it as an independent uh-huh. episode rather yeah. than a limited series. That is a weird way. So it's almost all, it sounds like it may be a submission thing. Yes. Maybe Netflix could have submitted the entirety of Black Mirror as a limited series, but chose not to because maybe they wanted to own that category or something Maybe. I don't know it had to be a political choice because I, if I were them I would have just done whole thing limited series right because people love that thing yeah but I don't know that's a weird one right and then also there is very or I can see them I see why they did this episode in particular because there's very strong feelings for it sure a lot of people love this this, this episode and you I'm on the opposite camp you did not so, I'm over here in my one-man band camp taking the episode. One-man band camp. Only because of the ending. I thought the concept was great. I thought it was executed perfectly. Until the last ten minutes. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah, interesting that, that Black Mirror only gets the one, the one episode instead of everything. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more uh, nominations. We could go through all of them, but then our entire show would be taken up. So, yeah, you can take a look at them. They're on the website. I should probably also have done a story on the site, our yeah. site for it. I just we'll get that up. I just didn't. Yeah, well, we'll get that up for you. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in here. But, yeah, we'll definitely have um, uh, probably a prediction post right before the, sh- the actual endings occur. So look forward to that. Right. Oh, and uh, that's the other thing. Uh, guest actor in a comedy series? Yeah. Could go to Tom Hanks for hosting Tom Hanks as D- uh, David S. Pumpkins. It could. Which is weird. Also, Lunar Miranda for Saturday Night Live and Dave Chappelle for Saturday Night Live. And then you have Matthew Reese for Girls, Riz Amin for Girls, yeah. and somehow Hugh Laurie for Beep in guest actor for comedy series. Yeah, speaking of Saturday Night Live, this is actually kind of an interesting uh, a news story. 
it lead well it's tied for the most nominations this year at the Emmys. Yes. Which is crazy for a thing that you wouldn't think that would be eligible for that much, but apparently it is. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, people have liked that thing well enough to where Season's not only big. was this season the biggest it's been in the 20 yeah. years, which is surprising to hear because there's some great seasons <laughs> that people have missed it really out. has been. Yeah, you've, but, you've been going through it. Yeah, I mean, but that being said, I think they, as the story goes, they succeed in political years, and this was not any different. This yep. was definitely... The most political year that they've had since the last major election. And yeah, it was very, very easy for them to find material to riff on. And of course, Alec Baldwin is responsible for a lot of that. So yeah, um, I think it w- I think it's good for them that they're getting honored. I mean, uh, you have both um, uh, uh, Kate, uh, Kate McKinnon and uh, Leslie Jones getting yes. represented uh, this year as well. So yeah, good stuff. Oh, I'm just looking at the commercials that they nominated. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of ad kits and stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, lots of nominations. You can all check that out, but we're going to move on. Please do. Television news. Aha, yes, Aha. the big television story this year. Yes. This, oh, sorry, this week. This week. The one that had the internet up in flames and everyone screaming, Community already did it. Well, yeah, but still. <laughs> but yes. Uh, in case you are not of the BBC, of the British Pride, or even, not even a Whovian. No. But if you are, if you are, you would know. Yes, they announced the upcoming 13th Doctor for Doctor Who. And surprise! Doctor Who? Yes. That's the name, Doctor Who. Surprise! It's a lady. Is it, though? Yeah. Is it? She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. Anyways. Anyways, yes. Um, <laughs> Jodie Whittaker will be the upcoming 13th Doctor. Uh, she was recently in the BB show Broadchurch, which, uh, funny enough, Doctor Who just stole their showrunner. Yeah. So, seeing as the showrunner's already worked with Jodie uh, Whittaker, they could actually hit the ground running and be, like, very in sync. So this is cool. Yes. Um, this is uh, So, yeah. It's big news because the first time that Doctor Who has been led by a female. Uh, they've always had a female companion, but never has the Doctor been a lady. So, as you mentioned, the internet has been reacting to this. It seems like there are very, well, there are more like three camps. Yes. And here are the camps. There is the diehard, what are you doing with Doctor Who super fan camp. That is freaking out because they believe, for whatever reason, that the character should be male. That is one very vocal camp that is freaking out right now. Then there's the second camp, which is the girl power camp, is what I'll call it. Which is awesome. They're like very, they're very like excited that this is finally they're finally having a woman lead the show, and that it's you know a, a change for the better, and that it's a sign of good things to come. Etc. Etc. Then there's the third camp, which is kind of the backlash to the backlash, I guess you could say, which is well, this is great, but we can't say that this is the best possible solution. Why couldn't this 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 Doctor Who also be a person of color? And a <laughs> so there are very three very very prominent camps. So. 
kind of where I'm at is like in between two and three. Where it's like, yes, I am the first person to say that's great that they finally have a woman in that role. I think that's important. I think that there's a lot of people in that fan community that are women that have been waiting for this to happen since they were probably very young. There's probably a lot of people who are very excited for this to be kind of a change to the vibe of the series because kind of one of the things that this most recent Doctor kind of avoided was for a while, at least with the modern interpretation of Doctor Who, kind of, there was always a subplot about the uh, companion kind of having a crush on the dude. Right. And it kind of got old. I mean, yes, that's good for fan service, but you get to a certain point where you're just like, can they find? Can they at least get one that doesn't, that isn't in love with the Doctor? And that's why they, and they finally did that in the last season. That being said, yeah, which they opened that yeah. season up with a really great line is, it did. If I look this way, should that change how you feel about me? Right. And and yeah, throughout the season, they definitely have this recurring theme of that that the, the companion was very not interested mm-hmm. <laughs> because she likes girls. Turns out. Uh, but yeah, so it was pretty cool. So could uh, that be why the Doctor's now a girl? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it doesn't seem like they're bringing her back. They pretty much, in the yeah. finale of last season, they wrote her off. So that companion's not coming yeah. back. Uh, so this new companion yes. will premiere during the new Christmas season. episode. Yes. Uh, so five months now, we'll have a new Doctor? But anyways, uh, to wrap up what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, yes, of course, it would have been an even stronger... Uh, statement if they had gone even further with it um but baby steps is what i'll say baby steps we're getting there um but yeah i get both sides of that argument i guess well see i'm in my little fourth camp over here okay saying wait the doctor's an alien he's the doctor has clearly stated that they are genderless that this is just the form they take so gender doesn't really account for whatever the doctor is sure the time lord sure because that's what they are. They're a time lord. There is no gender for them. Sure. They are essentially yeah. gender neutral, but the yeah. form they take has always been that of yeah. an Earth man. You're not wrong, but again, uh, what matters most here is the people that are looking up to this character. And kind of, I think it matters because there are young girls who finally have some have a doctor to idolize. How do you think this will affect fan fiction? I think it'll be very interesting, that's for sure. I think the guys, uh, the, for some straight men, will have some fun uh, this time, as opposed to the, the, the traditional audience of women writing Doctor Who fanfics. It'll be or definitely we'll a sea change. We'll or maybe you'll still get a lot of women writing, writing some fanfics about whatever the hell they want. Yeah, they will. So yeah, um, it's exciting, I think. Um, and yeah, the internet will eventually yep. settle Yep, 50 down. shades of time. And Coming to a... Yeah, uh, exactly. And ultimately, we'll see uh, what it actually is when it premieres. So, alright. Oh, but in case you don't still don't know who Jodie Whittaker is, okay, you can catch her teaming up with Finn from Star Wars as both uh, her and John Boyega starred in the British comedy and hit Attack the Block, which is a great movie. You should definitely check that out. Yep, that's true. moving on. Check it out. That's your that's your advertising. Uh, that's my plug. Yeah, your plug. Yep. Now oh let's... no, what happened to Kermit the Frog? Uh, this is what happens when you have your hand up your ass once up your ass for a while. I guess that happens, yes. Yes. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, let's get into the sad, sad news. That is, uh, Steve Whitmire, voice of Kermit the Frog for 27 years, was uh, fired, or in Disney terms, yes. let go. Let go. He was let go. But this was back in October of last year. Yeah. So why am I bringing it up now? 
One, I'm not sure if we covered it. No. But two, uh, Steve Whitmore has actually come out and spoken with the Hollywood Reporter. Correct. About why. Yeah. He was let go. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, he spoke, he's uh, speaking up. Uh, he, according to Steve Whitmire, uh, Disney let him go because he spoke up about changes being made to the character he felt were against the wishes of creator Jim Henson. I see. Now, this was during the TV show Muppets. I was going to say, this probably dovetails with Muppets being canceled. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, however, uh, the Muppet Studio claimed it was about how Whitmire conducted himself in the workplace. Hmm. Uh, Whitmire has been outspoken uh, about Kermit the Frog, and uh, he even gave unwanted notes during the short-lived Muppets reboot on ABC. Uh-huh. Uh, Whitmire has said that he plans on to move on to new projects, and then which is the best for uh, whoever takes up the Kermit mantle. So the good news here is that pretty much everybody can do a Kermit. It's a very common voice. So they'll find somebody. Yes. One, they'll find somebody to do it. Two, it's interesting as to why he was let go. Yeah. Because... So he, should, he said, she said... Well, what he... No. No. It's all... It's a Steve Whitmire thing. <laughs> because he... Because he was the... He was there on, at Jim Henson's bedside when he died. And Jim Henson purposely picked him to take over yeah. the voice of Kermit. Yeah, and so he feels like he has a legacy to yeah, uphold. he feels like he has and ownership of the character. Yes. And so when they're doing this Muppets reboot, he felt that the studio and the writers were taking care of Kermit into a weird direction in terms of him being either morally or ethically right all the time. Yeah. And even and so much as to him, as to the reason why he broke up with Miss Piggy. So yeah, as much as I want to be like, yeah, I guess you have kind of ownership of the character a little bit because it was something essentially loaned to you by its creator. Mm. I get all that. But at the same time, characters need to evolve and change as times change. If Mickey Mouse... Ma- Mickey Mouse is a good example of this. A lot of people are kind of bored with Mickey Mouse at this point because he's the, been the same character mm-hmm. forever and they've completely devoid of personality now. They had to keep him just so much in the middle that no one really knows what Mickey Mouse is besides just a nice guy. He has no character at this point. Because I remember when they were doing press for Epic Mickey, that Wii game. Yeah. I remember originally the idea was, like, uh, Warren Spector, who was the director on that project, he was basically saying, yeah, I'm going to bring it back to the original character of Mickey. Like, I want him to have that mischievous attitude. I want him to get into trouble. Which is something that completely, basically, wrote out of Mickey. Right. I mean, the Kingdom Hearts Mickey is an interesting example of this because it's basically like, I don't know, he's good at fighting, but otherwise he's so middle-of-the-road vanilla. Well, well no, he's not, so, he's not middle-of-the-road vanilla. He's so the good guy yeah. in the thing that, he's ba- that he basically is the king fight, like, the, the, basically, essentially the light fighting the darkness. So what I'm saying is, is that... Which is not, not weird in that universe, yeah. but it's weird in terms of what Mickey does. So yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that Kermit has a one-note kind of thing and has for a long time. Where he's the neurotic leader of them. Mm-hmm. Like he has to ha- he has to be anxious and he has to be in charge. Those are the things about Kermit the Frog. 
I think giving him a little dim- more di- dimension, like having the co- the thing they did on the sitcom, which was have him balance his nice part with the struggle against Miss Piggy's stuff and the new relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that was an interesting new dimension to his character, and, and I think that's a good thing. Ch- character creators and people on you know with characters that have been existent for decades. Just like Noah, people like Arx. I think they need to be open to evolving the characters. It's not necessarily changing them. No. It's evolving them, showing new sides and facets of characters that we're so used to that we've never seen before. And I think that he... I'm kind of glad that maybe he's not on the character anymore. Maybe they can do some interesting things with Kermit now. Well, Dizzy did purchase this the, the Muppet property back in 2004. Right. They didn't do anything with, with it, it very much until recently with the Muppets movie, yeah. and then Muppets Most Wanted, and then Muppets TV show. I hope they do another one of those movies. Another movie? Yeah, because I didn't see that last one. I heard it was not so great. No. But I think the Muppets are a good franchise. I think that they are important characters. I would hate to see them go away, so I hope that they bring them back in some yeah. capacity. It's a shame is what's happening, but... but we maybe have it's to... for the good. Yes. Is what I'm saying. And let's move on. Yep. Moving on to this man. Mr. Baldwin. Yes. uh, We will see if Mr. Baldwin can handle the truth. Okay. As he has been cast in Aaron Sorkin's re-re-rewriting of his work, A Few Good Men. Right. Now, I'll explain what I mean by that. Okay. So, just to make you feel a bit more inept... All right. If you don't already do. Aaron um, Sorkin first wrote the stage play for A Few Good Men when he was 26. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> which received Broadway acclaim uh, in 1989. He then adapted that play into what would become the 1992 feature. Yes. Starring Tom Cruise, Kevin Bacon, Demi Moore, and Jack. Nicholson, and would later go on to receive the nomination of Best Picture. Yes. Which, it's definitely a great movie. You should definitely watch it. It's like on your, like, list of movies you should definitely watch. Yeah. That's got to be, like, up to the top ten. Uh, top ten movie. Okay, maybe, maybe top twenty. Much, but yeah, top, top twenty. Top twenty. Alright. Yeah, so, uh, the reason we have Mr. Baldwin up here is because he'll be taking over the role of Colonel Nathan Jessup, a.k.a. Jack Nicholson, yeah, uh, as the commander, and he shall uh, prepare to tell the truth, if you can handle it. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sorkin will be rewriting this for a live adaptation on NBC. Okay. That's why, uh, that's why he's rewriting it. Got it. Uh, this will air on NBC sometime in the second quarter. Of 2018, a.k.a. the summertime. Okay, cool. That'll be a neat little thing. Yep, Ella Baldwin is currently the only member cast. So Matt, cast this play. I don't know. New white guy number two? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's not really, this isn't fun casting. This is just like, it's going to be super, like, hit your head when they announce it. It's like, duh. I'd see my love to Amelia in this. Sure. I'd see with the Tom Cruise role. Yeah. That seems like a good one. So basically everybody who's already in the NBC stable, just like have them on this thing. Yeah. 
Go bring up Sterling K. Brown. He's already a lawyer. Sure, yeah. He knows how to do lawyer things. <laughs> yeah, as all the characters. Yep. So, yeah, look forward to uh, an adaptation of A Few Good Men. Just a few of them. Yep, just a few. And then that brings us to... The Thrones of Games. All right, so Game of Thrones premiered on Sunday, this past Sunday. What'd you think? Ooh, it started off so good. Okay. And then it kind of petered out to a typical Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then it got to the end where it was just no dialogue. It was very dramatic. So this is the setup. This is the penultimate season. This is going to set up the ending, essentially. We'll know where it's going, probably, by the end of this run. So I'm not going to talk about what I thought of the episode, because Game of Thrones should be taken as a whole. Okay. So I'll give my whole uh, thoughts on it at the end of the the season. Got it. The season, not the series, the season. Yes. Which will end on August 27th. But what I will talk about are the numbers this thing is bringing in. Okay. Uh, So uh, this past Sunday... For the live tune-in, grabbed 10 million viewers. 10 million. 10 million viewers. I didn't even know there were 10 million subscribers to proper HBO. <laughs> now I know. At, at least. It's all of them. <laughs> yep. However, not only that, there was an additional 6 million on streamings. Of course. Uh, which shattered any previous one-day record the show had at 26.5 uh, million. Cool. Uh, previously, the season high had been roughly 8 million viewers tuning in Yeah, for the premieres. So this pretty much blew everything oh, away. Yeah, easily. Easily. Turns out, if you make people wait, they get even more excited for your yeah. thing. Uh, if you add that numbers, uh, however, those are just the rough numbers for right now. Nielsen still has to add the standard, uh, has to still add standard life plus 3 and standard life plus 7 views. Which accounts for all the encore viewings yeah. that HBO plays not only on HBO proper, but all the other HBO channels that yeah. it shows. HBO 2, HBO East, HBO Action, HBO Latino, la la la. Ratings are weird, guys. Look it up. Yep. Uh, season 7 will continue through Sunday, August 27th. And in last bit of news of Game of Thrones, Ed Sheeran had to shut off his Twitter. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who didn't watch... There was a surprise Ed Sheeran cameo <laughs> in Game of Thrones. And uh, people kind of went, wait, what? Why? Uh, yeah, why is a good question. I don't know why. I think the cameo itself didn't quite belong. No. I wouldn't but say. at the same time, it did establish only one thing, and that was, I'm just an army grunt. I have no quarrel with any of you guys at the top. I'm just doing my job. That's basically the grunt of his scene. That's boring. It is boring. But so is Ed Sheeran. So it fits. So it fits. <laughs> the people were having a fit, apparently. Well, people are weird. Yeah. People like Max Moroff. Moroff. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, that let's move on. That, that's our TV news. And non-Ed Sheeran news. Cancellation and renewals. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fox still has a job. Jimmy Fox has a job? Yep. Is it Beat Shazam? Yep, second season. Does he continue to beat Shazam? To a pulp. Okay. <laughs> beat, I want a double feature of Beat Shazam and Beat Bobby Flay. It's like everybody just beat, just getting beat. 
Just drop the, the Dr. J drops a new beat. Or I want to see, <laughs> I want to see Bobby Flay try to beat Shazam. <laughs> Bobby Flay beats Shazam. Yeah, Bobby Flay beats Shazam. That'd be fun. Anyways, Shazam beats Shazam Bobby, Bobby Flay. Flay. There you go. Ha! <laughs> yeah, that's got the second season on Fox. Um, we also have at midnight. Sadly, yes. we'll yes. be getting canceled. Yep. Four seasons, which is funny because it about. Uh, season, season and a half ago, it changed from premiering at, at right. midnight to eleven thirty. You're right. And ending at midnight. Yeah. But yeah, uh, six hundred episodes that thing had will end on August fourth. So this will be a very melancholy Comic Con for Chris Harvick. Well, he still has the wall. Yeah, he still has a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and he still has the Nerdist. Nerdist Empire that he runs. Yeah. Yep. So, Chris Hardwick is not out of a job, but all the comedians, guest comedians that he had on, yeah. including Paul Tompkins, who was also a co-creator of the show. Yeah, he'll find stuff. Oh, yeah, he's witty. He's, he's going to find stuff. He's got a good Twitter. Oh, I like him. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we also have Homecoming. Not Spider-Man Homecoming. No, but Homecoming. This will, is on Amazon and is already geared up for two seasons. It's a new series from Mr. Robot creator Sam Ismail. Okay. Starring Julia Roberts. Oh. Based on the Gimlet Media Podcast. What's we could that? be a TV show. <laughs> what is the Gimlet Media Podcast? I don't know. It is that sounding kind of like us? I don't know. It didn't say. Okay. That doesn't know. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> we could be an Amazon TV show. No, no. We really can't. <laughs> Well, well, maybe not us, but we'll get Julia Louis Drives to star as you. Sure. Wait, what? I mean, Julia Roberts. I was gonna say, wait, what? <laughs> Julia Louis Drives. Why would she be me? Why wouldn't she be you? Uh, that's actually a better question. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also have. She's got Seinfeld money. <laughs> she got that Seinfeld money. Remember? You had great Thirty Rock joke <laughs> from the live live Thirty Rock episode. Yes. Like why why do you look so so more so so much prettier in your uh, dream version of you? My dream because my dream version has Seinfeld money. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Thirty Rock, great. Put yeah. that on your watch list. Yeah, <laughs> ancient reference now. Oh yeah, take your reference, man. <laughs> Actually, no, that episode was probably seven years. Yeah, no, not not that old. All right. Anyways, uh, the last new show is called Confederate from yeah. HBO. It's a new drama from Game of Thrones showrunner David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, where they reimagined uh, the Confederate states as if they did not rejoin the U.S. after the Civil yeah. War. Yeah, okay. I'm going to uh, briefly talk about this. I don't want to go too far. Go ahead. I think we maybe need to put a moratorium on the revised history shows for the, a the, bit. the alternate timelines? I mean, yeah, I think Man in the High Castle, sure, you know, did his thing. Now it's, you know, it's done his thing. 1962? I just don't really get what, yeah, that too. Like, I just, I don't know, it's just like, this thing's like, just one too many. And it feels like this is like, the exact wrong time to do this. Well, because for every person who's like, okay, this is an interesting kind of take, it's an interesting commentary on our current times, there's going to be another person who's going to be like, dude, this is awesome, and be actually into it for the wrong reasons. And that's what scares me. 
You mean like when History Channel starts showing non-history yeah. stuff? No, no, I mean that they're going to root for the wrong people is what I'm saying. South Park already did that. Yeah, that's what I just that's what I'm scared of is I think that this might be it's one thing that Nazis everybody know Nazis are terrible, but then again we're in a time period but we're right the now future. where not everybody thinks that. But, but we're the future, so they'd be neo Nazis. Still, you know what I mean. I know. It's, it's just it scares me a little bit that I think this is a little too close to home, literally. But we'll see. Dude, it's the South. It's like way over there. You know what I mean. Yeah, over there. Oh. Hey, oh. yes, just hey. point directions. <laughs> Eventually, you'll point at. Okay. All right. And that that okay. So that brings us to uh, our losses. Okay. So let's cut our losses, and say a bit of do to these people. Yeah, we had some big ones. Oh yeah. First up, we have John Bernecker, age thirty-four. He was a stuntman who died from an injury on set Aww. during a fall uh, while filming The Walking Dead. Jeez. Okay. Uh, he was also. Uh, a stuntman on Black Panther, Logan, Get Out, Fate of the Furious, etc., etc., and many, busy. many more. Yeah, the busy guy. Uh, we also have Martin Landau, age 89, the Oscar winner for Ed Wood. Uh, he was the main actor. He was Ed Wood. In Ed Wood. Yeah. Yeah, also in other stuff. Yeah, but... He's a pretty famous actor. Yeah, but you say what he was nominated for. Sure. And what he won. <laughs> sure. That the, hey, Trout Home Run. Big Trout Home Run. Cool. But yeah. Yeah. And that's, then that's the, the big one that we lost, the... Uh, he actually did leave us, but rather went back to where he was born. George A. Romero, 77, director of Night of the Living Dead, Mr. Zombie himself. Yes. Although Mr. Zombie is, of course, Rob Zombie. Well, but yes. But, but the, yeah, sad day for horror movie fans. He arguably pioneered the modern interpretation of the uh, genre. Yep. Um, yeah, and is responsible for pretty much every zombie movie you've ever seen because they all reference Night of the Living Dead. Yep. So, yes, it's a sad one. So uh, pour out some zombie blood for Mr. Romero. And we should go find Alex. Cause she yeah, because Alex probably was probably drinking profusely that night. Yep. But then again, she probably is drinking profusely most nights. So... Mm-hmm. Anyways, is that it for deaths? That's all I have for deaths. So let's you have someone new. No, let's move on to video games. A bitch games. I got a uh, really brief here. We're going to run through the rest of this stuff because I don't really have a whole lot of video games or music news. But, well, uh, we have several stuff to talk about. Okay. All right, so first up, we have Mega Man Love. That's my favorite kind of love. Um, this is specifically Love of Mega Man. As a fan game now lets you create, play, and upload Mega Man levels. Let's call it Mega Man Maker. Yeah, sure. Why not? That sounds great. Yeah. Just steal from Mario Maker. Why not, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mega Ma- it's called Mega Maker. Uh, okay, close enough. It's just like Mario Maker, but, you know, for Mega Man. And it's a fan game, so we'll see how long this thing is up until Nintendo or Capcom comes and shuts it down. So download it now while you can. Download it now. <laughs> Alright, that, uh, so that's that. Let's bring on to other Nintendo products. Uh, if you can't tell, that is Super Smash Brothers 4 uh, as yep. Evo. That would be the video game fighting exposition yep. held by the organization FGC um, and it's lar- arguably the largest 
com- competitive uh, fighting video game gathering happening yep. as we speak. Yep. So they're they're doing their Super Smash Brothers Wii U finals will be broadcasted live on Disney XD as part of their DXP programming. Which into video is games. their whole video game. They already do a web show uh, called Polaris. Yep. And they also do another web show, which is a bunch of... They take a bunch of YouTube clips from Let's Plays and just string them together. Yeah. So this is an extension of that. So yes, yep. if you like Smash and you want to see some people who are really, really good at it play, check turn into Disney XD and you'll be able to see it yep. on television proper. Right. This is Disney XD... Under the programming DXP. Yeah, that could be confusing, especially in an audio format. Yes. <laughs> All right, and then that brings us to our last little highlight. Oh no, that's right. We have this to talk about real quick. Uh, that is Player Unknown's Battleground. Uh, just a quick update for that. Um, its next update coming up in about a week or a week and a half will add a full suite of character customization options. As well as a first-person mode. Yep. So all of you guys coming for first-person mode, don't worry, it's coming. That sounds like a game you wouldn't want a first-person mode in, though, because uh, can't you? Don't you have to be con- constantly looking around you for like, yeah. people creeping up? Yeah. Like, no, that would be a bad idea. Don't do first-person well, mode. Well, the game is built isn't built for first. It's built no, as a yeah. far away right third third person. The only time I think you go into first person if you're aiming a sniper rifle. Yeah. You gotta aim down sights. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, weird. And that brings us to our last news and my big news of yep. video games this weekend. Because it was D23, yep. I warned you guys. I put it up on our website. I put it up on our uh, Facebook page. The new Kingdom Hearts 3 Kingdom trailer came out. Yep. And it gave me the one bit of news I was hoping to see. A date. It did. But... Well, it's Half a date. Further away than you wanted. Half a date. It's 2018. So not this year. So not this year. Definitely next year. So our game of the year talk at the end of this uh, year will be very different than what I thought it was going to be. Really? <laughs> Dude, if that thing would have come out, that was a, like an even, like like even odds that 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 would be what you would go with. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, anyways, I've got yeah. some, I, so anyways, uh, Tetsu Nomura, yep. director of Kingdom Hearts Three, was on hand at D twenty three for a Q and A session, and let's hear what he had to say. Okay. First off, he was excited to bring about the new world that everyone premiered and instantly fell in love with, and everyone finally said, "Yes, goddammit, finally." Toy Story yep. will be a world. It means the Pixar floodgates are officially open yes. for Kingdom Hearts. So, uh, this is the only one we know of that's based on the Pixar world so right. far. Apparently, right? right after Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, yeah. when that was finished, he said that the one world he wished he could have done was a Toy Story world. So, yeah, he finally got his wish. Yep, he and got his screenshots from that thing look good. Oh, uh, yes. The, 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 the character models for the Toy Story characters look probably even better than the original Toy Story. <laughs> so, that goes to show you how far we've come as video games in the last forever. Yep. Uh, so yes, like I said, we did get a release date of sometime in 2018. Whether that will be pushed back remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But at least we know that they are somewhat close to finishing the game. Yeah. I say it's gonna come out in spring, March, which is where the first one and the second one came out. 
However, this does also seem like a big hitter, so I can also see this coming out in October, which if it does, clear my calendar. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm playing for my birthday. Fair enough. Alright, so uh, in terms of actual news, uh, the story of Toy Story will actually take place in Toy Story Universe after the events of Toy Story 2. Right. So it's in between 2 and 3. Yes, and will follow its canon timeline rather rather than taking place in a parallel storyline. Development on Big Hero 6 World, he said it's going well, and that the next information about it should be on its way shortly, whether in Famitsu or in a couple months, Tokyo Game Show. Okay, cool. Which is where my money's going to be on. Yeah, I bet. Uh, he also said that the number of Disney worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3 will be less than there was in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Now, but he says this because the Kingdom Hearts universe itself has expanded to create its own worlds. Plus, we could also possibly get a Final Fantasy world. Right. That's not out of the realms. Or we could also see a Xenoblade yeah, world. possible. But also, also, uh, it probably is also just a just a case of the uh, worlds being larger and there are more to be done in them, probably. Uh, that's actually what I was going to say next. Yeah. There were 12 worlds in Kingdom Hearts 2, which means there will be less than a dozen Disney-specific worlds, but they will be vast and have more content yeah. in them than any of the previous worlds. Hmm. Uh, the number of cutscenes in the Final Fantasy VII remake is greater than that of the Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> so, expect Final Fantasy 7 to be a movie then? Yeah. Or at least a lot more CG. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, we also have... Uh, uh, he also explained the reason for the delay of Kingdom Hearts 3. And he mainly pointed to the Switch. To the Unreal Engine 4. Ah. Saying that after a year of development, the company, not him, but the company, uh, Square Enix, did a company-wide switch to right. the Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, because before it was going to run on a, a adapted version of whatever the Final Fantasy 13 engine was or right. something. Yeah. Sparkle or... Sparkle. I don't, I don't know. Let's why, call it I don't know why that didn't came to mind. <laughs> yeah, let's call it Sparkle. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, so it wasn't really going to be an in-house engine. Then yeah. Unreal Engine 4 came out, and, and the studio just basically said, make everything look like that. Basically. So they had to scrap all the original models and basically start from scratch after a year of development. Right. Story-wise, that didn't change. It was just all of the content had to be redone. Uh, he also mentioned that they are making way for DLC to become available. Uh, he's quoted uh, saying, as, should something like that happen? We must be able to accommodate now for download content. We're not confirming nor denying either way, but I have informed my team that they should make preparations for it. Okay. Meaning, should a Disney property come out and be super popular, say Star Wars or Avengers, mm-hmm. you could see a separate story of a new world popping up yeah. in the form of DLC. That would be smart. That would be a way to keep that game going. Yeah. Um, whether they'll do season... As of right now, he says 
Right now, right now, there is no DLC for it. Yeah. They're not planning on DLC for it. That doesn't mean there will won't be any yeah. DLC. It also probably depends on how well that thing sells. Yeah. Because yeah, if you if you it doesn't do that well, then yeah, then we're probably not looking at it. Right. If we're looking if we're looking at something like Final Fantasy fifteen, where it does well, but then it immediately drops off. Yeah. You're but not, but there's a pretty good reason for this to probably do better than any previous. Uh, sorry, uh, Kingdom Hearts because of the next thing that you were probably going to say. Which is, this is confirmed to be both released on PlayStation and Xbox One. Yeah. Before it was an assumption that people were making. No, it wasn't. Okay. So it wasn't an assumption. Yeah. It was put in at the end of all the trailers. That it was going to yeah. be on both PS4 and Xbox One. So I guess it's reconfirmed. It's been reconfirmed. Yeah. Because at the end of this most recent trailer. Yeah, it said the same. It said the same thing. Both coming to PS4 and Xbox One. That being said... Look out for when this city comes out for Xbox to get a full saga release of every single game so people can play them, yeah, and get caught up on the story. That'd be smart, and then expect the same thing on PlayStation 4 for people who did not buy the one and two HD uh, expansions. Yeah, I should do that. I should do that? No, it says they should do that. Oh, yeah, they should do that. They'll do that, probably. What I, what I hope they do is that they just put it all with a new system. Yeah. Whichever, I guess, either Sony or Microsoft will put in the most money. That's a tricky one, That's but, a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- that also being said, because this is running off the Xbox One, it'll be interesting to see if this thing goes 4K. Right? I'm talking true 4K. By this here. time, yes, the X will have been released. Yes. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yep, whether they take advantage of that power of the uh, PS4 Pro HDR and all those good goodies. Those good goodies. Because uh, should this thing come out in true native 4K, uh, we may be upgrading our TV. Maybe we'll see. Oh, <laughs> we probably will. <laughs> I'm that much of a fan. So, doctor, birthday wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, let's go on to our final topics of music and Billboard. Billboard. So, your Hot 100, your singles list, has barely moved. Your number one song in the country is still Despacito. Your number two song in the country, Moving Up a Notch, Wild Thoughts by DJ Khaled. Moving above the number three song, which is another DJ Khaled, I'm the one. Number four, That's What I Like, Bruno Mars. And number five, Shape of You by Ed... Sheeran. Now for the albums. Your album list, your Billboard 200. Top of the list, like I called last week, 444 by Jay-Z is your number one album. Followed shortly by 21 Savage with Issa album. Number three is Dan Kendrick Lamar. Number four, moving down from previous week's Grateful by DJ Khaled. And number five, Defied by Ed Sheeran. Uh, brings us to new releases. It does. We have Avery Tear with Eucalyptus. Avery Tear. Oh, uh, Miss the R. Avery Tear with <laughs> Eucalyptus. Childhood with Universal High. Dan Kroll, Emerging Adulthood. Foster the People with a new album, Sacred Hearts Club. Goldfinger with The Knife. I Set My Friends on Fire. <laughs> With their album, okay. Caterpillar Sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Little Timmy, what album do you want? <laughs> Caterpillar Sex by I Sent My Friends on Fire. God, okay. Uh, we have at this moment uh, with their album Ritual. That new Lana Del Rey album, Less for Life, oh, finally thing, comes out. That thing's out. Jeez. Uh, Meek Mill with Wins and Losses. Nine Inch Nails announced literally yeah. last week that they have a new album coming out uh, called Add Violence. Yep. We have Sarah Evans with Words. Oh. There's words on it? Yeah. Uh, apparently just words. Okay. We have The Chris Robinson Brotherhood, or The Chris Robinson Brotherhood, <laughs> with Barefoot in the head. Uh-huh. Okay. We have Tyga with the most Tyga owl name <laughs> you could probably think of. Alright. Bitch, I'm the shit two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second one. <laughs> the second one. The long way to sequel to Bitch I'm the Shit. Yes. As if you didn't know. <laughs> uh-huh. And then lastly, Tyler, the creator, with yes. Scum Fuck Flower Boy. Although today, this broke probably after you wrote that. Probably. That, that, he has said now that it's not necessarily the name of that thing. Okay. He says that he has not confirmed the name yet. Ugh. <laughs> Alright. Still ain't gonna beat Caterpillar Sex. <laughs> so yeah, nothing, nothing beats Caterpillar Sex. Really nothing on my radar this week, uh, but I'll probably force myself to listen to that Lana Del Rey. Hey, I like that one song. That one song she did. She's alright. Yeah. She's okay. Like I said, I can't, now this album is out, I will wait, can't wait for everyone to remix her album. Yes. She has another song, by the way, that has summer summertime in the name yeah. in, the, in its title. So it's only ne- it's inevitable now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's yeah not that strong of a week, but we'll yeah. see. Do you have music news? I do have music news. All right. And uh, this first bit of news has to deal with our top ten and one hundred. Oh well, what? The top one hundred, top two hundred. As the Nielsen's. Oh, those are ratings, guys. Speaking yeah. of ratings, it's been like ratings episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the Nielsen has released their mid-year report, and can you guess what is the most consumed genre of the United States? It's always country, always will be country, always has been country. No longer the case. Wow, is it? R&B and hip hop is now the wow. most consumed genre, twenty-five percent of the U.S. consumption. I'm shocked. Beating out rock with twenty-three percent. Oh wow. I'm extra shocked. Yeah. Uh, however, rock still claimed about 40% of all album sales in the U.S. Sure. Meanwhile, uh, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran is considered the most popular streamed song. Yeah. And Kendrick Lamar's Damn is the most popular streamed album. Yeah, that, that checks out. As both of them have continuously been on our yes, list. Yes, they have. Yeah. And that, uh, so yeah, that's just a little... Tidbit yeah, I found. Interesting. Yeah. Data. Yep. Now we're going to talk about this guy. That is Earl Simmons. Uh-huh. Uh, he has been arrested on Thursday for tax fraud. He goes by his rapper name, DMX. Yes. Yes. Uh, federal prosecutors in New York say he conducted a multi-year scheme to hide millions in income from the IRS to skirt about... $1.7 million in existing tax liabilities. Oof. He's pleaded not guilty. Oh, yeah, I, w- I bet. Yep. Uh, he, he pleaded not guilty on Friday and was released on a $500,000 bond. Uh, the case will resume on August 1st 
where he's been charged on 14 counts uh, related to tax evasion between 2002 and 2005, and that he didn't file personal income tax returns between 2010 and 2015. Well, nice going, dude. Despite earning more than $2.3 million. <laughs> they got this number because he was getting paid while on uh, that uh, Dr. Rehab show. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the IRS is claiming that he has skewed personal bank accounts, created bank accounts in others' names, and covered his expenses with cash. <laughs> so, we got another one on tax fraud. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. Uh, DMX. Gonna... Woof. Yep. It's kind of his thing. He woofs. Just dog noises. Woof, woof. A lot of barks and growling. His signature. <laughs> Keep going. No, 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 that's the story. That's it? That's the story for him. Yeah. No, and then we got our last story of the day involving this guy. Woo! <laughs> that's Michael Jackson. Actually, there is something else that was music tangential that I'll debrief about after you're done with this. All story. right, put it in the bits. I just remembered. All right, uh, Michael Jackson has a new album. Coming out. Another posthumous album. Yes. However, no one will be able to listen to it. Okay. Uh, this new album will be comprised of a collection of a dozen tracks on a CD labeled Bible. Okay. And is being auctioned off later this month <laughs> to one person. Uh-huh. Only one person will have this CD in all existence. Okay. Uh, the CD... Uh, is from is quote from the personal friend and personal assistant to Michael whose family was very close to Michael for many years and is of master quality. Okay. Nine of the tracks have never been heard publicly. Huh. But the other three, including Monster, Breaking News, and Keep Your Head Up, all appeared on the posthumous album Michael back in 2010. So, um... Does it say what time period this was recorded in? No. What era of his career? No, just unreleased tracks. Interesting, okay. However, the highest bidder will not own the rights to the music. Oh, so they can't upload it on the internet and sell it. And thus can't release it to the public. Right, so it's for them Rather, and their friends. they will win the CD, uh, which contains the songs. Yeah. This is a 12 songs album... On a compact disc. Right. That's it. It's being uh, sold up for auction with other uh, Michael Jackson memorabilia. Huh. And only one person will have this thing in all existence. Expect this thing to go for mucho bucos. I bet. And then never to be heard from again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a Michael Jackson collector, one, thank you for listening to our show. <laughs> I'm... Glad you picked us. Yeah, I don't know very, where you could go. We're not even a Michael Jackson podcast. But yeah. Uh, two, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you win. Yeah, that too. Uh, last news story. This made the rounds uh, on uh, Monday. Uh, R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Is back in the news. Oh, yeah. But not for things that you'd want him to be. Not for things where R. Kelly would want you to be in the news for. But it's very R. Kelly of him. 
was very R. Kelly. The news for this. R. Kelly was back in the news as it was revealed that he has some sort of cult around him of women that are presumably sexually involved with him. The only reason why this was brought up is because, I guess, people close with the women found out that they are being kept from access to their friends and family. A.K.A., basically, when you join the R. Kelly sex cult, you're not released from the R. Kelly sex cult. Sounds like a terrible band name, by the way. R. Kelly sex cult? R. Kelly sex cult. Give it 15 years. (laughs) But yeah, uh, it doesn't look good for R. Kelly. Of course, R. Kelly was very quick to deny the accusations and say that everything that was going on was purely 100% consensual. There is a conversation here that needs to be had, I think, yep. with uh, about the consent of a relationship like this. Um, I was speaking to a couple people uh, different at different two different times about with some knowledge about this information about this kind of scenario. It seems like there are ways where this can be consensual, and there are ways that this kind of sexual approach can work for both sides. However, it sounds like R. Kelly is not that person. So, as it sounds, it seems like what he's doing is definitely not uh, the, the best uh, way to treat it, is not good for the women involved, and is definitely against the law. So, uh, hopefully, um, he cleans up his act and the women are allowed um, access to um, the things that they uh, desire, whether it be family, basic needs, etc. Uh, because ultimately, yes, uh, the, the concern here is for the women. No one gives a crap about our Kelly. However, my, my unfortunate joke in the car before I knew the, 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 the graveness of the actual situation, um, my, my joke in the car was, man, this is going to be a weird next segment of Trapped in the Closet. That's still going on. He's still, he's still writing it. He's still writing it. That thing never ends. As long as R. Kelly is alive, there will be more Trapped in the Closet. Did that thing end up becoming a dream <laughs> at one point? I think at one point it did. No, no, that's the other song. It was only just a dream. <laughs> The Trojan Closet just keeps going. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that'll probably that's probably it for music news. Um, real yes. quick bits about stuff I listen to. Um, I listen to the new uh, Waxahachie uh, Into the Storm. It's very good. I listen to the new uh, Japanese Breakfast. Uh, it's also very, very good. Uh, there's a song on that, that album called Jimmy Fallon Big. <laughs> Thought you'd enjoy that. Um, and I also listened to... There's a third thing. Oh, yeah, they do Katie Allen. Katie Allen is banned by the uh, lead singer that used to be in the band Chumped, who broke up. Um, this is her new project with the, I believe, the drummer from that band as well. Um, also very good. Uh, so those three are good picks if you want to seek something out. So, yeah, that's music. Sweet. And with that, that'll do it. We have nothing else. That was the Media Boat Podcast. I got nothing else. All right, let's shut this off. All right, we need to wrap up. Um, So, we have a website, MediaBoatPodcast.com. If you haven't been listening to us, Uh, try to plug it as much as we could. Yeah, MediaBoatPodcast.com is where you can go for all our news stories, features, reviews, which we call thoughts on the site, and more. All this and more on MediaBoatPodcast.com. You can help us out with money if you go to patreon.com slash mediaboat. You can help us out with as little of a dollar a month. Just a dollar will give you exclusive content. will also help us afford to make this podcast and make even more content and make even cooler things for you, both on this show and on the website. 
You can catch us live every week here on YouTube. We're live at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. You can also find archives on the YouTube channel. And you can leave comments and like and subscribe. You can also find us on iTunes, our audio version of the podcast, Media Vote Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, where we host our shows. You can find us... Is that a Podbean? Media. Oh, you're looking at me? Yes, I finally realized you were doing that. <laughs> uh, and you can also find us on twitch.tv slash mediaboat where you can find us streaming video games every once and a while. Twitter.com. Oh, that reminds me. We are at mediaboatcast. Facebook, we are at mediaboatpodcast. So, yes. uh, uh, real quick, I have been playing uh, New Game Plus on Horizon Zero Dawn. You have, yes. Um, because I leveled myself all the way up and got all the weapons and all the armor uh, and platinum the game before they gave me an unplatinum platinum. This game's kind of easy, but I'm glad I'm going through it again because that story's really great. It's a really great story. It's really great gameplay and combat. Yep. And it makes me remember why I fell in love with that game in the first place. Newsflash. Horizon's still good. Yep. So check it out. Yep. And with that, that we'll should bring us next to week. the end. So um, have a good week. We'll see you guys next week at 8 o'clock on YouTube yep. Live. Uh, on we'll podcast. have a bunch of Comic-Con stuff for you to... Uh, yep. Talk about. So check it out next week. Bye. Bye.